Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We'll voice it for you. Everything we talk about at this time. UFC, politics, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And we have the perfect person for all those subjects on the show today. Oops. None other than my co-host, <laughs> Peter we have <laughs> i was gonna say i know you're not talking about me no i'm not tj but again you get part of it let's just bring on the man we all love him he's great he's a legend he's the king of pancrase he's the most handsome man in mma there's no question it's boss rudin boss how are you <laughs> doing great man thanks for that introduction Bruce. that's been a long time that you did that for me a long time. Well, I could have made it a little more of a rouser for you, but I'm just waiting for you to get back in and fight again, and then I'll give you the oh, full don't, intro. Don't tempt him, Bruce. It, Boss Rutten doesn't need to go kick somebody's ass. Let me well, tell you something. I, I think it will be the other way around now. Let's take it out. It's all I got four neck surgeries. <laughs> I'm How's out. the shoulder, Boss? Is that the atrophied uh, arm? Because of the Yeah, shoulder? it's a nerve blockage that comes from my neck. I had four neck surgeries, and they, 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 said, they say a nerve is like a hose, a, a water hose. You squeeze it, and less energy comes out. And apparently somewhere it's blocked and they can't figure out where it is. They've been looking for years now. So, uh, but I got my hand back. I couldn't pull the trigger from a gun. So you can only oh, wow. how weak it was. Yeah. So now I got my hand back. I stopped complaining immediately. Wow. So I always worry about this boss. Cause you know, I mean, you're a man that take on anybody. God knows all the, the, the brawls you've been in both in the cage, out of the cage, in the ring, out of the ring, in the bar, out of the bar, into the back alley. Okay. We all know that. One of the things that, you know, as I got older is like, can I still handle myself the way I used to handle myself if I had to go, right? Yeah. You had to go. Will this work? Oh, listen, I have guys here 24, 25 years of age, and uh, and they, in between rounds, they lay on the ground. I don't. So, uh, I mean, from stamina. Right. So we're going. We're, 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 we're going hard. And I just feel... I feel really good. I think I almost look physically better than I was when I was competing. It's crazy. But also what I have to say is that when I was competing, you know me, man, I, 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 could, I could train on beer and on, on a pizza. I said it was the dumbest thing ever. I never realized that food was so good for you until I did that last fight. After seven years of not competing, I got a guy who, who took care of my diet and I felt like a million bucks. So after that fight, I just kept doing that, you know, keep uh, eating healthy. So, yeah, no, I'm feeling great. There's no pains. My knees are hurting because I have no cardio on my kneecap, so the, I, I can't roll. That is something I miss the most right. because the uh, the combinations are endless. But thankfully, I started going back to striking. I got one of those body exercises, the things that I said I've got right here in the backyard. And uh, that's why I do these hard workouts on 40-minute workouts, 10 rounds or three minutes. I, I was just going to talk about the, the boss system, Bruce. Have you seen this thing, this this full-figured? Uh, oh, send me one. Boss send me oh, one. my God. They look so – like. I don't know how to throw strikes, but I want to be able to throw strikes when I see this damn thing because it, it looks like so much fun. 
You know, and it, it, but the great thing is the body has a solar plexus. It has the shape for the liver shot and the spleen shot. If you hit it in that angle, you hit the perfect spleen or the liver shot, right. you know, and then you can hit uppercuts. You cannot do that on anything else. Yeah. It bounces right back. My thing is surviving. I broke one head and I'm kicking the head, which we tell people not to do because a lot of people, if you don't have technique, yeah, you can break it, of course. You know, if right. you don't pull your kick, yeah, then you're going to go straight through. You don't want to do that. But I'm hitting it as hard as I can. I'm kicking it in the head and uh, and it, it stays in one piece. It looks like, oh, it's not going to make it. Trust me on it. And we, we will send you a new head. If you break it, you're going to get for free a new head. No, I highly recommend it. That system is fantastic. And for every reason that boss you know, pointed out about, you know, you mentioned your last fight which if I'm correct, was at the forum here in Los Angeles, which I was at not announcing, but watching you fight the man you took on had a good six inches in height on you reach everything. And man, you just went right at him. And I, I, I got to tell you, boss, knowing you and being your friend that night, I was like a kid in a candy store, man. I was jumping out of my seat watching you take this guy on. It was yeah, awesome. It was cool. It was it was officially originally it was Kibo Leopoldo, but he uh, got tested positive for something, and then uh, and then thankfully Ruben Valerial showed up, and then yeah. um, uh, Don Fry called me like three days before. He said, "Dude, I fought that guy. He's very hard to knock out. He's, he lost against him." And I go like, "Holy crap! Okay." And I had a rip out at my knees, everything, all my injuries. And then some I had going into the fight because people go, why don't you throw a high kick? I couldn't. I pulled my hamstring, but low kicks I could do. So suddenly right. when I realized I couldn't knock him out because I was hitting him hard. And he, I remember the first time he says, man, you're fast. I go, oh, thank you. And then I hit him again, full punch. But again, I couldn't torque as hard as I could because of the rip. And he thought, man, and you hit hard. I go, apparently not hard enough because you're still standing. And then I gave him a low kick. And then one low kick when I was moving backwards, I literally felt the bone of my shin touch his thigh bone. So that yeah. means his muscle was relaxed. Oh, my God. Click sound, you know, and I immediately I go, that's it. That's it. He's over. And he started limping. And then I just gave him one more and the, the fight was over. So, yeah, it was cool because I never won by way of a low kick. Hey, on that low kick tip, boss, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen that low calf kick really come into play in the UFC. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you think about that. And why is it something that is more effective now here in 2021 than, say, you know, back in the early days? I mean, we remember Marco Huas kicking the leg out of the polar bear, Paul Varlins, but now they're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, now kicking the calf. The calf is all about open, uh, about what stance you have. If you have an open stance, for instance, Whiteman and uh, Anderson Silva, you don't want to kick you inside the calf kicks because you get hit bone on bone. Right. What happened was that 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 kick that Anderson threw, he didn't turn open his hip, so he hit with the flat part of the shin. He hit the hardest part from the shin from Whiteman. That's gonna snap. Right. After the karate combat, and we were uh, I was commentating. The, the main event, I mean, it was crazy. It was seven fights. It was 55 minutes, that show. It was bizarre. Everybody got knocked out. And they had an open stand. So one is an orthodox, the other one is southpaw. And first of all, he fires an inside low kick to the shin. And I'm, I'm commentating. I go, he should not do that. It's so dangerous. You can break your shin. And as soon as the words left my mouth, he kicked again, snapped the shin bone in half. So Oof. now if you have a normal stance and then you're a blading position, because my stance is different. I have an open stance. You can't calf kick calf kick me because you hit my shin bone but in a bladed position which 90 percent of the fighters fight yeah it's a very very tough weapon and especially also so a lot of these guys they they block the wrong way to check the wrong way they just lift their leg you have to understand if you lift your leg your muscle is going to be relaxed right if the shin bone hits that dude you'll break the bone behind your uh, tibia you know the fibula i believe i mean this uh the, the, the tinier one you break it very very easy so it's better to turn your toes like a 45 degree angle out to the side because now I only have to lift my leg 
and you're going to hit my full shin. So you kick me twice like that, I guarantee you, you're going to stop kicking me low kicks. So, boss, when you lift your leg, your legs up, you're 45 degrees on your foot. Is yep. the bottom part of the leg out or in? No, the bottom part is in. I would stand like this. This will be the shin bone. For the right. people on the other side, I explain it with my phone. Like, imagine this is a shin bone, like much longer and thinner, of course, but it's thin and it's white. Yeah. This is easy to break, much easier than it is like this. That's why those ties in your shin bone is like this. So that's why those ties kick from up till down because they want to be perfect with that impact because if they break the shin, well, the livelihood is gone. Right. But and that's why these guys with the very fast low kicks, you saw Tyrone Spong doing it. He's got very fast low kicks, but he doesn't open his hip. So he hits with the flat part. And I always told him, I say, you got to watch out because eventually you're going to hit somebody at the wrong moment and it happened he broke his shin bone you see so it's just opening up your hips it's a little slower but it's much safer to kick and when you saw uh conor mcgregor when he snapped his uh, tibia yeah um, what did you when you watched the video did you feel like i did that it was on the uh front teep kick muay thai teep kick or front kick that he threw and then when uh he came down with his elbow and caught the kick that's what cracked it is that what you thought? Yeah, but I, I, I think it's what, what we heard, find out later that you already heard it in training. It starts with that. Yeah, and you, think, you little, do think that that helped. You do think that was it because a lot of people. No, no, that's, I, I think that's where the crack was, where it, where, where it all started. And, you know, they couldn't find it because it was maybe minimum. I, I don't know. But right. then the second time when Dustin blocked it, I have it actually on my Facebook. I talked about it. You see uh, McGregor kick and you see his calf muscle is hanging down. That means that that foot is relaxed. The leg is relaxed. And then he hits just below the kneecap from Dustin Poirier, which is the hottest part of the shin. Right. You know, and I think because it's a relaxed leg, it's almost like hitting somebody and suddenly they bring in the target closer. So you're not squeezing your hand yet. You know, it's squeezing you do at the end of your punch because otherwise you drain yourself. But if suddenly the target is here and you hit somebody, a skull with a with a hand that is not flexed, you're going to break it. And right. then I saw that calf hanging down. I go, oh, man, that's a relaxed leg. He throws his leg as dead weight, which a lot of fighters do. I do it myself as well. But uh -huh. with low kicks, that's the only exception I make because of that particular reason. And that's what I thought, think, happened. That cracked it more. And then later in the fight, that front kick came. And I think that snapped the whole thing up. I always say this. Um, I was fighting in Japan and I saw a leg lock a day before on TV, on, on TV uh, from our show. And I go, hey, that's a cool move. So I should try that out. So the next day I'm in that fight and I'm in that position. Now, I was very new to leg locks and uh, to everything because it was my fifth fight or something. I didn't have any ground experience, but I just figured I'd try it. So I grabbed it and I fell backwards and we heard his knee pop, right? So I let go. I go, oh, because I had no clue how much power I put on his hand. Well, what happened was because he stands up. And he says, no, my knee is good. And I look at the referee. The referee looks at me because, I mean, we heard it, right? We didn't hear the knee pop. We heard the shin bone go half. Oh, oh. Now he kicked me with that same leg. Mm. And that's where the whole thing snapped off. But you see, wow. so it, it happens before. You get a crack there. They catch a little bit more of a crack. And then the final one, I believe, was the one to the elbow. So, you know, in the UFC... I love your descriptions, boss. That's why I love your videos. You know, whether it's learning how to fight in a bar or a street fight or whatever, the bang, bang, bang. Nobody does it better than you. Your descriptions are so visual. It's awesome. Keep up that great work, boss. It's so perfect. Thank you. So perfect. I'm just happy we're on video because that explanation went to work in just an audio podcast. Oh, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I, I, a friend and I have been keeping track of like the last seven or eight UFCs. There's been broken bones or, you know, from the leg part in every single UFC. That's crazy. It's crazy. It seems that the broken bones 
aspect. And I hope it stops there because I don't want to see any serious injuries on my shift in the octagon, right? I think we've only had a total of three deaths in MMA in the whole time the sport's been in existence. So our safety factor is extremely high, thank God. But broken bones and broken egos are part of the game. Right. I'm noticing much more broken bones happening now. Well, one thing that we touched on and I think is is true with the the, the McGregor injury, like Boss was talking about, is is there are injuries that happen in the gym that are micro abrasions, micro fractures, and then they come to the surface when they're they're impacted in a fight. Like I, I went to the doctor uh, like two years ago complaining of a, a like plantar fasciitis. I just thought I needed like inserts, and I went in and they did foot X-rays and like so when did you break your right foot and i'm like oh, what are you talking about i apparently had a a crack in my heel that had fixed itself but ultimately you know healed wrong and, and gave me some issues those things again i'm not a fighter i'm not training but when you are you know, have a high tolerance to pain like someone like connor does i think you can have semi-serious injuries that are not necessarily detectable and then unfortunately your your leg breaks in half well, i think like boss said all MMA fighters and boxers too let's face it a lot of the the banging and the training and the bang 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 you go through there boss fought hurt how many people we know fight hurt I everybody does right hurt yeah i mean how many fighters go in and are in perfectly clean shape how can yeah. you do the way you train it's no awesome. it's next to impossible boss, you said to me one time that when you went and did entertainment wrestling in japan you got hurt more in wrestling than you did in regular fighting yeah, I, I broke my disc in my, one of my discs in my back first match. The second one, I broke it, pointed in my finger. I had a blind spot for like six months. And then the third one was I ruptured my eardrum. And my wife, after the third one, says, why don't you go back to real fighting? You never right. have injuries. Yeah. Because you let yourself get hit, you know, because it's in the script. Right. You know, normally, I block that left too. But now with the flat hand, yeah, on my ear, beep. I mean, that thing that was broke for years because you, if you fix it, you can't fly for three weeks. Well, I was doing Pride Fighting Championships at the time every single month. Right. You know, 12 times because it was Bushido when it was Pride. So there was no way I could fix it. I could blow, blow bubbles out of my ear at kids' uh, parties underwater. Wow. That's really? Awesome. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You'd be great at birthday parties, boss. <laughs> yeah. You know what I did one time? Somebody had a cigarette. And that's a dumb move to do. I said, give me the cigarette. Oh, see if I can God. blow it out. Yes. Smoke came out of my ear. But it hurt a lot. So I bet. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. Hey, boss, you know, you brought up Japan and TJ and I were talking before he came on. Uh, we're both but mainly TJ. He brought it up. I wasn't really realized this, but it has MMA weakened in Japan. I mean, it used to be one of our biggest fan sets. Yep. Is it like slowed down over there? Completely slowed down. You know, there's no new champions. And if you look over over the years, how many Japanese fighters we had who are really good. Yeah. yeah. Look at America. We got hundreds. You know, you don't have that amount over there, no. you know, and uh, you have these crazy guys popping up, Gomi and and, and, and Vandalay Silva, you know, yeah. they're freaking awesome, but we need more of them because these guys, I, I love their technology. They're always super technical, you know, because physically they're simply a little weaker, you know, but they make up a technique and that's why that ground game is so fast and some of these right. strikes are so great just because of that reason. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that bothers me, though, is like there are shows in Japan, but the fanfare is not what it was. I remember, you know, staying up super late to try to catch Internet streams of Pride and then waiting the delay for the, the pay-per-view and, you know, staying in touch with Shudo over the years. You know, that's where all that talent came from. And I, I just I don't know, boss, like what necessarily because like you have Ryzen, but Ryzen doesn't seem to appeal to the American fan base the way that that Pride did. And it, it's unfortunate for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think also it is, you know, once the when Pride happened and whole Yakuza story came in, if it's true or not, whatever it's true, right. but 
we know that the, 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 the TV channel pulled out and then the people start realizing that and they're very against that. So I think to build up a new uh, organization, maybe that's for a lot of these people still in their minds. And then once it, they get that away and, and they fill up, I mean, 48,000 was considered a small show. Right. Saitama Super Arena would expand. 48,000 yeah. people. I um, I fought, oh no, that was a pro wrestling match. That was in the Tokyo Dome. Like yeah. 60,000 people. We did 91 and a half thousand to Dynamite Show. Outside, 91 and a half thousand that people. That was the one that Antonio Noki parachuted in, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Th- th- think about what you guys are talking about. That show can't exist anywhere. 91,000 people aren't showing up for any fight today. Hey, the yeah. largest fight scene we ever had for UFC was 55,000 at Rogers Arena in Toronto true. the night I blew my ACL in the octagon. But I was in Japan on December 31st one night. I know we all remember this when Hoist Gracie fought the big sumo wrestler. Yeah, Akibono. Uh, Antonio Inoki had Bumbaye. We had, uh, I think, 45,000 people in the audience for that one, which I was announcing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gracie's fighting another you know, thing. There was a third show on. Right, and they were all on TV, too, I believe. They were all on TV, and it captured about 60% of the TV audience of Japan to show you how big the sport is. That's bigger so, than the Super Bowl. Bigger than the Super Bowl. And when Gracie fought Akibono, Everybody went over to watch that fight. I mean, the right. ratings went way up. Yeah. Aki Bono being the, the hero. Let's face it. You have a national hero in Japan, much less any Asian country. They're all going to switch yep. over and watch that channel. You know, you mentioned something about weakness with Japanese fighters, boss. And then we take like Korean fighters and Chinese fighters who have very strong physiques. Is that yeah. something just for the Japan nature or how do you, how do you figure that out? I don't know. It's it's like uh, I always look. There's, and listen, there's exceptions to the rules, you know. Yeah, of I course. Fought Funaki, he, I feel he felt very strong. And Shibuya, but those are the two only guys that I felt like okay, they they have some power, you know. And so, and if you look at the the world games, you know, where do you see him in weightlifting, and where do you see so so? If you look at that, you you know that's not their field. But like I always said, that's nature's crazy way of dealing of dealing with that. They just right. get technically much better. That's why I get so upset about these guys who lose the fight and then they go like, yeah, it's because he cut more weight than I did. No, dude, just brush up on your freaking really because he's five pounds heavy. That's why heavier than you, you're going to lose. I mean, I should be ashamed to say that. With I you. mean, we fought guys 65 pounds heavy at the time. Sure, it was a different time, you know, and, and but nowadays uh, look at the, the heavyweight division. I mean, it's 205 to 265. That means right. Right, that we need to do yeah. to thirty-five because it's too insane. Yeah, you got Imagine you can't go higher than two twenty-five. So you're two hundred twenty-five pounds. You find a guy who's probably on the day of the fight two eighty-five muscles, yep. with stamina, uh, with technique. It's a whole different animal right now. Eve Edwards tells a story about fighting in a rodeo ring in, in Texas where he's fighting a guy that's like 245 pounds and Eve is like 170 pounds. He said, boss, that you actually cornered him, but he yeah. had no idea you know, that he was going to be fighting this this heavyweight fighter. And I mean, we all think of Eve Edwards as uh, you know the guy that you know knocked out Josh Thompson at 155. Like that was what it was back in the day. If you wanted to fight, you had to prepare to fight someone that could potentially be 45 pounds heavier than you, even when you weren't a heavyweight. All right, you know, talk- that, yeah, that was easy. So, sorry, uh, Bruce. Uh, okay. and, and, and Eves is an animal. Eves is an animal. We had Dwayne Ludwig. His opponent fell out. It was the boss with the Invitational in Colorado. Right. And a guy from the audience says, oh, I'll fight him. And the guy was much bigger, much older. Dwayne was 19. You know, he was a kid. And that was the first time I got introduced to Dwayne because he high kicked him in the head and the guy dropped off. And that's where we got a connection, of course. Right. Like, oh, this is a kid is special. So that's how we got in contact with each other. Little boss. No one calls Bang that anymore. But that's what it was at first. 
Yeah, and now he has a son, Little Bus. So that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. that's cute. You know, we're talking about the weight differentials. Now we talk about people coming up. Israel Adesanya moved from middleweight to light heavyweight, which didn't work out for him going against Juan Wachowicz. I mean, the power difference was obvious. The skill. Uh, the skill he, did, he didn't win, Bruce, but I still think he performed admirably. He was taking on the champion. Admirably, admirably. But I, like I said on the show after that fight, I think he should stay at middleweight. And yeah. Dominate. Now you've got John Jones going from. Uh, light heavy to heavyweight, walking around probably at 235 with the weight muscle he's putting on and everything. Um, the skill set of a John Jones facing a 265 in Gano, you never know what's going to happen. Granted, in Gano could take him out with one punch, but you never know what's going to happen. How, how do you feel about Jones going up and how he handles himself in the heavyweights? And then a two-part question, how do you feel about Ngano and Gan, which I think is amazing because we have two French champions, which is awesome for the marketing of the UFC and worldwide recognition. Let me get back to the question. How do you feel about John Jones and heavyweight? How do you think he would do? And then how do you think Gone and Nagano would, would pan out? I think John is going to do phenomenal. I think he could be the best guy there is. I mean, he's technically everywhere. He can take Nganu down, you know, and he will be able to do that. I think 235, he will fight more to his natural weight. I think that's going to help him a lot. He's going to be fast. He's probably going to have longer stamina or more stamina. And he has a longer reach. He's got the reach advantage over everybody. You know, so if he feels threatened on his feet, He'll go for a takedown. And once he has one takedown, now you're inside the head of Agano or whoever's going to win that fight, Gator and Agano. You see, what, what is it going to be? It's going to be another takedown or, or a headshot. And then right. he has that thing also, he has no patterns. Like every fighter does certain things certain way. And you, you get, like, for instance, when they say, do you um, game plan? I say, what I always do, I look at the first fights till all the other fights. And I pick out the things that they did from the first fight on. They always go back. All these later things that they develop, that's that's BS because they might forget that again. You know, right. what is last knockout with a back kick? Oh, be, be afraid for the back. No, maybe you just got lucky. Don't focus on that. Focus on the stuff that they always do and try to find counters for that. And with Jones, that's a very hard thing to do. That, he's constantly breaking his patterns. That, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Like I mentioned, uh, or I remember a guy like Sean Shirk. Sean had like one combo that he threw his entire career. It was a jab, cross, hook. And he, he did that throughout. He, you know, picked up some other things. But you're right, boss. Like he had that core combo that he had from fight one all the way through his career. And I, I think that is something that you're probably hitting on that, that athletes, when they do tape study, they tend to look at the last fights and what have you done lately when they need to be looking at those building blocks that are the core. Uh, of those fighters i still think i still think the most simplistic moves in fighting win fights right jab the cross the roundhouse i mean that that was george st pierre's best tool you know that that jab of gsp like jab st pierre like uh, look what he did to cost check with that jab Uh, also should uh, always did that was always okay today he worked on a back fist and a back kick because then in, in the fight, he would fight like he normally did, but then he would catch him with a lot with a back fist or a back kick. And then the next fight, he changed that again. So he was never the same as the last fight. You know, the core is there, but then, you know, he he would change his attacks, which, again, is a very smart thing to do. Yeah, very smart. You know, um, oh, and Gano and Gan, how do you see that happening? Yeah. Oh, well. God, he, he, he really impressed me, man. I, I did somebody, somebody asked me for a prediction, so I looked him a little bit up. I mean, you know that this guy started tie boxing in 2016. Really? And then he had like a 13 and 0 record with like nine knockouts, right? I didn't know then that. Then he goes, then in 2016 or 18, he decides to do mixed martial arts. This guy's been doing it for two and a half years. See, I, I thought he had an extensive history with kickboxing, but he, wow, we're talking about a five year 
pro fight career and now he's a UFC champion like that that might be one of the highest rises to uh you know that height in in combat sports history to be honest with you I think so too Does anybody I mean, know his his Does anybody know his past athletic things outside of fighting because of the way he moves the fluidity of his movements as a yep. heavyweight is very impressive yeah, I, let me look at it. I think he did something with, like, not, not necessarily pro sports, but he was a high-level something. Um, has to be. Yeah. But you know what he figured out really fast is, like, uh, footwork. Footwork is everything. Distance between your yeah. opponent. You know, my claim to, to a cool thing was when, when, when Holloway fought um, McGregor all the way back, and it was both for them, that I believe, the fourth fight in the UFC, and then Holloway beat him. And afterwards, we were talking about on Inside MMA. They said, what do you think of uh, McGregor? I said, well, he's great. He's got great accuracy, great hands. You know, he's, he's a great fighter. What do you think of Holloway? I said, I think he will be the next UFC champion. And they go like, but he lost. I go, yeah, but the way he was controlling the distance, you don't see that a lot. That he has a really great way to stay just outside your reach so he can counter. Uh, what do you know? He became the UFC champion. So just by saying that, it's distance is everything. And that's what I think Game or Gun has as well. He's got great distance constantly. Uh, getting back to his athletic uh, past, uh, Gon was uh, a soccer player and a basketball player. And uh, footwork go. is something like Jose Aldo was a, a soccer player. Kenny Florian was a soccer player. Like you learn a lot of footwork in that, that you don't think necessarily is applied to, to fighting, but uh, it definitely is. Yeah, got to be fleet of foot in, in those sports. Yep. Absolutely. It's applied to fighting and even in basketball. That's why he can move backward and punch. That's why, you know, the ability, which I, I I've said this on the show before, boss. A really high skill fighter should be able to go backward and punch with power, go you know forward. As that was Chuck Liddell. Every fighter has that. Chuck Liddell, the prime example of all of that. Yeah, Oscar so, and, and, and boxing. Yeah. It was also good we'll to that. that. You know, and, and, and you we'll see, see it all the time. The, the the reason, oh yeah, with the Vitor now, right? They yeah. yeah. You know, Vitor. I mean, if he solely focuses on boxing, he's good, man. He can box. You know, and imagine he's been doing this for the last six months. I think this is going to be a fight. It's not going to be an easy win by uh, by De La Hoya. Did Did you guys see the uh, competitive fight than the Askren uh, Jake Paul fight? You know, and 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 hopefully Tyron Woodley is going to be a good competitor for uh, Jake Paul when that happens too. You know, while we're on the subject, boss, how do you feel about all the exhibition fighting going on with these matchups? And right now, they just announced Tito Ortiz. That's what I was going to say. Nova are going to box and thriller. Tito's not a boxer. Okay. He, he blocked punches like uh, his opponents had big gloves on. Like he tried to do that parrying style, didn't work out for him. Maybe it'll no. better suit well, for him here. Tito is the guy who kept on working, kept on working, kept on working, and then yes. fight against Chuck. He got him on his own game. I mean, so but that, that wasn't that wasn't Chuck. I mean, that wasn't no, prime no, Chuck. No, you know? but still, I, I think Tito is always a guy who keeps learning. You know? Yeah. And uh, what did I want to say? Oh, by the way, Jake Paul and Tyrone. I don't know. He's, he's not a real striker, Tyron. Tyron Woodley is, is a, his great power, and when he connects, it's over, but you won't see him throwing combinations. So Oni's been doing boxing. So, you know, this is going to be tougher than they think it is. I'm telling you, because I have the utmost respect for the Paul brothers. I mean, what they're, whatever they say I'm doing, they're doing something good. They're making, first of all, a killing of money, but they really study the art, and they're really busy with their boxing, and I think he did phenomenal against Mayweather. I mean, sure, he was heavier, and I get all that. But this is a guy who's 50 and oh, you know, considerably the best boxer ever. So going the distance with a guy like that, yeah, but he was probably holding back. I know all that. Sure. Still, 
Yeah. Uh, we, we, we had Dean Thomas on the show uh, who's worked extensively with, with Tyron and you know he said that he believes Tyron can win if he boxes Jake Paul but if he tries to just knock him out and tries to land that, that right hand it's going to be a lot harder is what Dean said. He didn't say he would necessarily lose but uh, you're, you're right boss I think we're going to have to see Tyron Woodley do something that he hasn't done throughout his career and, and that's just straight box well, here's, That's it, here's combinations Combinations, here's the thing one of the many things we're in the sport of mixed martial arts. How many mixed martial artists of even the top degree can hold their own in a boxing ring with the Marcus of Queensbury rules and only two weapons? Only yeah. a handful of it really done it. Like Chris Lytle had some success boxing. Jens Polder. Oh, my God. How crazy. <laughs> Just a handful. So, like, you know, the opponents out of UFC or MMA are being handpicked. Because I can think of much better opponents for Jake Paul in this case. Oh, yeah. No, with all respect to Tyron, who I love. OK, but I'm only saying on the base of what you said, he's not a boxer. Now, yep. hopefully he's training for the boxing, but he's not a boxer. People don't really understand, as I know you do, boss, how difficult as MMA is extremely difficult, but how difficult it is to become a good boxer and manage the two weapon Marcus of Queensbury rules with the moves and everything. It is not easy. Listen, I'll give you a real example because they say, oh, kickboxing is more difficult than boxing and mixed martial arts is more difficult. Well, if you're really thinking about it, boxing is the hardest thing. Because boxing, you only have your, these weapons. Right. In Thai boxing, I can give you an inside look. It gets a distraction, come over the top of the Ross cross. I can wrap it up with kicks. I can use more tools to open up your guard. In boxing, you know what you got. You got the straight punches, the hooks, hooks to the body, straight punches, uppercuts. That's it. And with that arsenal, you're still going to have to be able to create an opening to land a knockout blow. So yep. if you really break it down, it's that needs more level of, uh, of technology than, than anything else. And that's something, too, that I think people fail to, to realize. Like, I understand four-ounce gloves uh, in mixed martial arts. They're devastating. They land very hard. But when you get hit with a boxing glove, uh, you know, a big you know, 10, 12-ounce glove, like, it, it goes through you. Like, you can't take a lot of shots. And we'll see, you know, what Tyron is like in that matchup. But uh, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's something that, like you said, guys, like you have to respect that art and, and totally reinvent yourself if you're coming from a different sport. And at the end of the day, Tyron Woodley, he's got power. He's got, he, he turned into a striker, but he's a wrestler. And, you know, like you guys said, Jake Paul's been nothing but boxing since day one. Well, let's talk about the safety factor of the boxing glove. The boxing glove was made to protect the hand. Right. The head. Yeah. That pillow, as people call it, which is really not a pillow. It's not a pillow. We know causes the brain to rattle more yeah. when it gets hit than anything else. And you've got yep. guys coming off losing weight just 24 hours before with less fluid in their cranium. This is one of the reasons boxing is so dangerous. Right. right. The weight cut in boxing, though, is significantly right. different, though, than in MMA. And that's another thing. Like, I don't know how much weight Tyron's going to be cutting, but Tyron can't cut a lot of weight like you did in MMA. It's got to be a different sort of cut. But and, and look at the, look at Lethwe, you know the art of oh, it, man. Limbs with the headbutts. Yeah, so many people there have CRT. Or, or, or I mean, TBI, whatever. Where, where, it where is. was that? Where was See, that? Le- it's 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 so it's bare knuckle. It's, yep. But once it's bare knuckle, you have to watch out more. It's the same as rugby and football, American yep. football. Right. In rugby, they don't go as hard. No, they can't. They can't. 
They're going to break something, but when you got all the back, it's way yep. more dangerous because you get, the hits are going to be much harder. Yeah. Again, as you said, the, they have to protect the hand, which makes it more dangerous. You, you have a false sense of security with that padding, and it's just it's not what you think it is. And those those athletes that play football, like there's a reason they're they're hurt the way they are. Where you look at rugby guys, and yeah, don't get me wrong, it's a rough and tumble sport. They're getting hurt too, but you just don't hear about the injuries the way that you do in football. Exactly. Yep. And that's why I think that like, the traumatic brain injury, all that stuff is way less with those sports and way less with bare knuckle boxing, believe it or not. Yeah. You can't hit the skull. If I will be bare knuckle boxing, I will be the guy like, um, what is that movie with Charles Bronson? That he's the fighter, right? When, oh, hard he, times. He, Love that movie. Hard times. Hard times. Yeah. He, he just bops over and hits the top of his head. That's what I would do. Right. He's a really famous fighter. Actually, my first sparring session, this was hilarious. Um, and he said, do you want to spar? I said, that was after seven years so for my last fight. I go, no, not yet. I, I, I just started. He says, no, it's okay for me. I said, no, I'm just worried. He said, no, but it's okay. I'll hold back. I said, oh, I'm not worried for me. I said, I'm worried for you. I said, because if I give you a high kick and I see you don't block, normally I have a reflex. I can, I can re-guide it and it's off. I said, but that reflex I don't have right now. Right. Goes, it's on its way. It's on its way. I said, and by the way, don't throw the overhand because let's wait till we a little bit into it. And the first thing he throws, big overhead, boom, in my neck. And I look at him, I go, okay, I'll mess your hand up the next time you do it. That's it. And we start sparring again, and there it came. And the only thing I did was this. And he hit the top of my head. Right. He was on the ground with 60-down gloves. He goes, shit. I said, I told you, I'm going to break your head. I'm going to hurt yeah. you. You know, if you do that. So if fighters start realizing this, and you just bump forward when the, when the cross comes, you're going to mess everybody up, even with an MMA glove. Yep. This is the thing what people don't seem to get, right? Oh, and I just talked about it in the opening as well. If you punch somebody, the muscle is relaxed, relax, relax, relax. At the very end, you squeeze for the reason what I said before. Otherwise, you drain yourself. Now you have to understand, suddenly, you, you, you're not squeezed yet. You hit with full power, and now the target suddenly does this. Now you hit the skull with a relaxed hand. Yep. It's going to give. You, yep. you lose it. That's why Mike Tyson in fights on the street, every single fight he was in, he broke his hand. And that's because of that reason. You're getting, getting, getting back to the bare knuckle thing, too. I think a lot of people think it's super brutal. And, and yeah, it looks really bad. But, like, people are just getting cut. Like, those abrasions and stuff, like, they're, they're not as bad as, as you think it is. Like, I'm not a big fan of, of bare knuckle personally. Um, but at the end of the day, like, anybody that's saying it's, like, super barbaric, like, don't get me wrong. It, it looks hard. It looks like, you know, it's, it's a, a gruesome thing sometimes. But those, those are just aesthetic injuries more than anything else. It's visually barbaric. Yeah, That's sure. It, you know, and you can't you can't keep talking to your kids. You're not going to have a, develop a speech impediment or something. You know, I think that is much more important than have a little superficial cuts on your face. Right. Yeah. Those will heal relatively quickly. You can't heal the brain. Yep. yep. What can we do? Hey, listen, uh, boss, a, a mutual friend of ours. May he rest in peace. Let's let's talk about him for a second. You know, a very close friend of yours, Kevin Randleman. Um, <laughs> Friend of mine over the years, announced him many times. I always remember that at the low point of the UFC, right before the Vertitas and Dana bought it, we were in Louisiana one time, and I'm in the octagon ready to announce the main event between Kevin and another fighter, and they go on my IFB, and they say, Kevin can't fight. I go, what do you mean? Uh, he just slipped on a pole and knocked himself yeah. out in the back, you know? <clears throat> and then you have those wars he had in pride, and, you know, whether it's Crow Cop or whatever. I mean, he nearly amazing. killed Fedor. My God, like Kevin Randleman. Fedor, 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 yes. And no, I mean, he knocked out Krokop, too. So, like, yeah. just. Just a warrior personified. And I think uh, out of friendship and out of admiration for this man and his career and the person that he, that he was and is, um, I just want to mention his name, boss, because he deserves it. And I know he yeah, yeah. to you. 
Yeah, I post I posted a post yesterday also about him because he's a he's a special guy, man. The whole routines, yeah. everybody loves him. You know, I, we went to his wedding uh, with the kids and we danced all night long. The next day was the best because everybody was there. Some had a hangover. There was a pool. There was a volleyball net, and they started playing water volley. And then suddenly the adults start coming in and the kids start coming in. Now we had two teams, and it went on, man. It was it, it was a lot of fun. That really stays with me. He was such a good dude. Always a smile on his face. He's the guy who started the uh, El Wapo, you know. Because- oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was. I was. I believe it was in 2000, 2001, with the big tournament in the at Pride Fighting Championships. I was sitting breakfast, eating breakfast with Ken Shamrock. Uh, and Ken Shamrock's ex-wife, Tina Shamrock, who's yeah. Mexican. And uh, we were talking about, and then and, and Coleman was there and uh, Randleman was there. And we were talking about uh, the movie, The Three Amigos, which is one of my favorite movies. It's a hilarious movie. And I go, what does El Wapo mean, by the way? And she says, the handsome. I said, oh, that's funny because I always call myself the most handsome fighter. So when Randleman got up from the table, he says, okay, Wapo, we see you later. And that was it. From that wow. Time, everybody started calling me Wapo. Oh, that's awesome. doing it, yeah. Uh, one thing about Kevin that I think uh, people don't know is is how big his heart was uh, when it came through, uh, you know, whether it was charity, he had his little monsters wrestling team, he was doing things uh, with the kids, but also the, the, the challenges he had outside of fighting. Um, staff infection almost killed him. He came back from that. He was in a horrible car accident. He came that back from that. ate away his pectoralis. R- right, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, he had... Staff. Right, he, and he had some other, you know, demons that he was uh, very open with uh, early in his career from from when he was a child and it's like those are the challenges that don't get remembered in the the record when you look at the fight finder page you don't see that but if you know kevin's story this man was given some at times the worst hand dealt the worst hand and he played it so well and and did so many great things and anytime i i talk to boss uh, i always want to bring up kevin like you do bruce because he's a guy that should be uh remembered he's a hall of famer in my book and you know one of the one of the great ambassadors of the sport absolutely no question yep he was also you know the kid that he saved from suicide right that he literally said hey call yep. me right now and yep. uh, and he, he wanted to he wanted to finish it and that guy became a friend you know call him for advice once in a while who does that just to a fan here here's my number right as a fighter you normally don't want to do this because, that's a- but it's out it's out you know and uh but yeah that's that, that's the guy he was amazing you know, that's how I got my start in, in MMA broadcasting. Quentin Jackson went to, like, the Sprint store, and he got two phones. One line was free, so he started taking incoming calls from fans. I asked if I could interview him, and now I'm talking to you guys, like, 15 years later. <laughs> yeah, it's an evolutionary man. process, but rest in peace, Kevin. Yeah. Yes. I call you, my friend. It was a pleasure to announce you and know you. Most definitely. Most definitely. Boss, um... Swaying away, or swearing to another subject, you know, we talk about film and everything else. We were both in Here Comes the Boom, right? You, I, I, you know, Kevin James, fantastic. Salma Hayek, everybody was great. Boss, even my brother Brian and other people I know, when they watch the movie, they talk about Boss Root, how funny you were and how good you were in that. And you have a natural presence on screen that's just, it's, it's just incredible. He's kind of handsome, right? Yeah, well, he's <laughs> with the good lighting. Anything more in film? Is there any more anything happening in there? For yeah, you? we we are we are talking. Just before COVID hit, I was going to be a part of a movie of a number two of a movie. I can't say which one it is, but the first one did really well, and I was really looking forward to that because this guy time was going to be a badass part. So then I would have a big movie comedy, and then the next one would be uh, the badass part. But I already heard that it will happen, so it's going to come up. Uh, I will contact them again. 
It's good that you said that because I'm such a knucklehead, man. I'm like the anti-self-promoter. You know, I won't go out and say, hey, man, I always think that, well, if God puts it in my way, I'll do it. You know, but you have to grab it. You have to right. go towards it. So uh, great that you brought this up because I'll give him a text message right now. Hey, we were just on a meeting yesterday with Cameo, right? And what did I say on that Cameo? You have to ask for the job. It, you know, you got to promote yourself. And while we're on the subject... Boss Rutan, everybody listening, is on Cameo. I mean, I can't think of a more entertaining Cameo than to have a Cameo from Boss Rutan. It just... I agree. Yeah, and TJ's on Cameo, too. We That's all true. Cameo, but Boss, go check out Boss Rutan on Cameo. Most Ooh. definitely. It's a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoy these things. I had some really serious ones and you probably had one as well. Yeah. Like the wife who's a big fan who stage four cancer. She's not going to make it. Can you give her a message to her? You know, and that's like, oof. then it uh, starts. And then you try to be upbeat because that's what they want. You don't want to bring it down. Want. But how many times I went 10 minutes, that's, that's that I at least 20% from the time, you know, because once I enjoy it or help people with it, or they ask me, Oh, if my first fight coming up, could you please tell them what to do? Well, then I go into it, you know, because, and I really like it. You know, it's cool to help people in such a way and, uh, and they're responding to it in a good way, which is always good. That's one thing I will say about fighting. Everyone knows that, you know, what we're doing is, is talking about, you know, two grown adults going into a cage or a ring and, and fighting and trying to hurt one another. But at the end of the day, the community is so strong. It brings so many people together and without, without fighting, without mixed martial arts, I'd still be living in the Midwest, not knowing anything about the world. And, you know, fighting has brought so many different uh, people in, in, in my life. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool. It's a worldwide international uh, sport that at the end of the day is a very small community. Hey, it's changed all of our lives. Speaking of which, uh, Karate Combat, congratulations on that, boss. How's everything going with Karate Combat? Anything you want to tell us or promote about it? Yeah, it's going really well. I mean, uh, well, you saw the guy who got disqualified uh, because he kicked too hard. At the right. Somebody knocked out. That's a Karate Combat fighter. <laughs> so, you know, and I go and then Karate Combat posted something. They said, uh, oh, he lost because he was doing karate. <laughs> guy was coming in and he got kicked i mean well that's that's the same with us you know if somebody turns at the moment you give a punch you hit the back of the head right that's not on you yeah that's not on me you know and i think they should have ruled it like this as well but you know that's the name of the game hey that's why these like guys love to fight a karate combat because all limits are off that that clip might be more beneficial to that man than a gold medal to be honest with you yeah true Probably true so. true very Probably true so. Boss, we're going to let you go. Really appreciate your being on the show. Is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to you want to do or say anything? Go for it. Let it go. Um, the, the only thing is, and it's not out there yet, and we have such a bad luck with it. I mean, my money, everything is in it. I got it. It's my auto trainers, the long training device that I invented. Right yeah. now, it's bought by pulmonologists for the COPD and asthma patients. It's, it's doing wonders. This is a commercial out there that I say, if you do this, it's only four minutes a day. You do this for one month every every day for four minutes a day. And I've been doing it for three years every single day. I might have missed 40. I say, if your asthma or COPD is not 70% gone or more, I'll give you your money back. So wow. that's guaranteed. So wow. that's how, how good it is. And that's why these pulmonologists are buying it right now. But we had a lot of bad luck, man. I'm, I'm nine months late. We ordered this thing in August oh. 2020. Oh, and, man. And now there's a new model. Now I'm going to probably this week, today, they're going to give me because it was one thing that needed to be changed is a clicking sound in the in, in one, one of the functions and if that is fixed then we can start selling so it's called o2 trainer uh nobody realized that you have 11 pounds of breathing muscles muscles that you can really out. yeah i didn't know that intercostal yes you see that's where i'm going my stamina when i told you what i'm i do stamina maybe once 
maybe my, twice a week. And I will circle stamina wise around my students who are half my age or younger. Wow. Go, How is this possible? I say, because your breathing becomes so good. Understand that 95% of the people breathe wrong. We all use our shoulders. And if you see a fight of me with Funaki, and I posted that on a Facebook page that I have for, about uh, Oto Trainer, you see <laughs> in the corner doing this, breathing, and okay, I knock him out later, I get lucky with a knee in the face, that was all cool, but I was breathing completely wrong. That is completely gone. Now I come out of a heart round, I'm literally like this. <sighs> and every time I go, what the heck? This is so insane, you know? Wow. Just training the breathing muscles. So this so is good to use no matter what, whether you have CB COPD or not. No matter what, it's good for everybody. As soon as one is out, Bruce, I'm going to send you one. I would Please love do. to try just for one month every day. You too, TJ. Just do it. It's four minutes a day. Now, don't think, because I tell these people also, I need to see videos of you doing it 40 times. Because this, this morning I was doing it here, and uh, it's a workout. You're going to feel your core. If you see my core, how thick it is right now, all these muscles came forward, because those are the breathing muscles. I went to Dr. Belize Avrenich, a world-renowned breathing expert. And the first thing she did was measuring my expansion, chest expansion, right? So I was in New York, Fifth Avenue. Right. She first she says, okay, exhale. Okay, inhale. And she goes like this. And she started laughing. She goes, no, 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 that's not possible. Do it again. And she does it again. And she goes, oh, wait. And she walks out. I go, okay. And she comes back with another doctor. I go, okay, it's either really good or really bad. She goes, we've never seen any numbers like this. I mean, if I don't bring him, he's not going to believe what I just measured. You know, so my chest expanded. Normally when they break the record, so to say for chest expansion, it's by an eighth of an inch. Mine was almost two and a half inch more than everybody else. So they said, what is it? And then she, we found out it's this thing. So she put it in her book and she is a world renowned breathing expert. So wow. suddenly it started catching fire. People started using it. Good for you, hey, boss. I'd love, I'd love to get that for my announcer's lungs. Seriously. Yeah, my training <laughs> lungs. My training lungs. You, you, train you're going to speak so loud, guys. You can sing. So, you know, when I was training with it for the, with the prototype, every restaurant we went to, my wife would say, take your voice down, keep your voice down. <laughs> and I go, I'm not. But you get so much power, Bruce. You'll freak out. I had a, I have an, a review from the sex player from the Eagles who's with them for 18 years. And he said, have longer, stronger notes. It's a great tool. Wow. That, that's unbelievable. That's one thing that I, I mean, we've all heard like, you know, breathing techniques when you're, you're fighting or doing things like that. But I never actually thought about the technique of breathing to breathe and, and just to, to work out your uh, ability in your cardiovascular uh, ability from, you know, uh, uh, breathing muscles. Of, yeah, like I just, I never thought, like you tell me about that system, boss, like I had no idea that there's 11 pounds of breathing muscles. That's, that's insane to me. Oh, that's insane. And you know, I pride myself in my core. I've still got a six pack in my age. And, well, the implants, Bruce. No, I mean, the ab implants. And a no, lot of people. Like it, that'll, if that'll even create more core strength, because I'm all about <laughs> core strength. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we joke all the time, boss, because a, a picture of me got on the internet at a pool one time and people said I had ab implants which still cracks me up i mean who the hell gets ab implants i'm sure it happens eat right and train okay do what you got to do do your sit-ups do whatever it takes but this is, is cool i want to try this out i want to i want to i want to try this out boss and the other thing is too we talked about my new site millions.co i told you yep. about i'd love for you to get on that because we'll move that product for you when it comes in you can move it through millions and and i'll yep. get you even more publicity for that product i'm gonna jump on it brother i'm gonna check yeah. it all out definitely Boom. Right, family's good Family's great. We're very lucky. Nobody's got uh, nobody's sick. Everybody's healthy. And that's good. we always know. That's the most important thing in life, right? Look at Kevin Randleman. That can't happen. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So enjoy the friendship that people have. And that's why the whole thing right now, the world is going crazy, you know, just because we have a different opinion. People yeah. are fighting. I always tell people when they started, they start yelling at me, go, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. What is your favorite color? And I it throws them off. And they go, oh, red. I go, mine is blue. I say, you should change yours to a blue. And they go like, what do you mean? I said, I want it to be blue. No, no, but I, I said, okay, but, and then I keep going for a little bit. Right. And then I said, but are you angry right now? And they go, no, I'm not angry. I said, but that's because it's about a color. Right. My opinion, if it's different political wise than yours, we, you shouldn't get angry about that. Why are we so divided? You know, it's just an opinion that I have or an opinion that you have. Let it go, man. I'm, I'm stealing that, boss. Next time someone comes at me hard with that uh, whole argument about something I don't agree with and they get mad at me, I'm going to ask them what their favorite color is and, and rip them on it, you know, grill them because you're like right. That. It's ridiculous. I like that comeback. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Listen, boss, love you, brother. My best to your family. Um, just wishing you all the best. You're doing great. I, I just, I follow you on Instagram. I see everything you're talking about. You're so motivating. Just keep it up, boss. Just keep being boss. Just Love you too, brother. And I will Love keep you. on going. You don't worry about that. And hopefully this week we got the new product coming out and then I can finally jump back to waiting for me. For me is the worst thing on the planet. And I've been doing <laughs> it for nine months now. So I can't wait to try it, boss. Godspeed. I have guys buying it for their apps right now. Never had apps and now they have apps. That's how it works. Wow. That's awesome. Great. I can't wait to get a 10 app, a 10 app pack. That will be oh, there, there you go. <laughs> awesome, boss. Thank you, sir. We'll chat That's soon. Guys. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, Bruce. Bye, boss. Take care. Love you guys. Bruce. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bruce. It's Boss Rudin, awesome. one of the best, one of the greatest of all time, honestly, not just as a fighter, but just uh, a human being like, uh, but, you know, I, I actually forgot we were on the air a little bit there, Bruce. It's just such a easy guy to talk to. He's so easy. He's just, he's just so much fun. Try just hang with boss, you know, for a couple hours. I mean, he came down to my birthday party, you know, when I turned 60 and it's like, he's just the life of the party. You know? Right. Like, yeah. They say that, you know, they don't make them like they used to. They don't make them like boss written anymore. No, no, that's absolutely true. Uh, a true man's man. Yeah. 100%. Funny as funny can be. I, I'm curious great. about his product, though, because the O2 trainer has been out for a while and it, it's been basically used to uh, you know, get in better cardio shape for, for athletes. But the fact that he's talking about COPD and things like that, like, I mean, this could be a, a life changing device for so many people. Well, I've seen, you know, like, for instance, when my mom had pneumonia, you know, in the hospital, they give you a, a thing that you similar like to breed like that. But it's not an apparatus that looks like that. Right. It seems like that apparatus on steroids. It seems yeah. Like a much better apparatus. So. Uh, I'm interested to try it. I'm interested it, it, to train with it. You know? It's funny how inventions, you know, for one thing can end up turning into another thing because, again, you know, it starts as something that uh, will restrict your, your breathing when you're working out, uh, but now apparently can actually build the lung capacity of people that are, you know, compromised lungs. Like, that's that's a great story there if it, uh, if it works out the way that boss uh, believes it will. Well, it created it for one reason and it began to help for another reason a medical reason so i hope boss makes a ton of money out of it and i hope uh, first off i hope it helps a ton of people right yeah yeah turn he makes a ton of money out of it because it's well deserved well it's one thing too you can hear boss talk about the product like he's passionate about it it's not just a money-making thing like he wants to get his product to market to to have it in front of people as well nothing like creating a product and being the best spokesperson you can for the product you created <laughs> he's a pretty damn good spokesperson Pretty damn good spokesperson. So that was that was fun. I could, I could talk to him for hours. I don't know if we can handle you having any more lung capacity, though. I, I think uh, the the roof off the Toyota Center is still not repaired from last Saturday night once you blew blew it off. Wow, what a night that was, huh? Oh my God! Like it felt like there was some extra pep in your step. Well, you know, obviously, uh, thank you, TJ. But obviously, 
performing in front of a uh, hundred people at the apex of UFC. Sure. One thing still bringing my all and enhancing the moment for the fighters and hopefully the fans watching. But you know, when you've got 20,000 fans staring at you, roaring what you're saying, I'm, I'm saying, and now, and they're saying, right. And now. I know Bruce, like I was actually worried for you a little bit. It seemed like you were, were like going to lose your air. Like you were, you were giving it uh, 200 billion percent. You know what I mean? The, the more they go, the more I go. So it just brings me up, up, up and up. And yeah, you killed it. It was amazing. Uh, in the Michael Chiesa intro, my goodness. Yeah, that was great. Sorry, I said uh, Spokane Valley, California, Washington. But you know what? When when we started going face to face, it kind of threw me for a second. But, but Bruce, I you were you honestly, so many people didn't notice it. And that's the thing. Like I was actually talking to some people from Fight Pass after that that quote unquote mistake happened, yeah. and it's like when I make a mistake uh, in play by play. We're just in casual conversation. But when you're announcing, like, what are you going to do? Oh, excuse me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to work. But you just rolled with it. And, and I would say 90% of the people never, never even noticed. Well, that's fun. I was good to hear because, honestly, that was so much fun. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So when the, when the fighters want to interact with me like that, because you know me, I never instill a fist bump. Right. I go into their their. Space. It's their moment. It's their moment. If I detect any... uh anything about them not wanting me to get close to them i don't go right right and if they're not that kind of fighter i don't go but if that's the finer this isn't show biz this is show business this is about entertainment mm -hmm. right? when i'm in there i'm in the i'm in my moment i'm in that mode they're in that mode and i never know what i'm going to do till i do it but man if a fighter's going to give me an inch then i'm going to give them a yard and i'm going right. to get them going farther and and you know it started with uh, dan hardy and oh my god the dan hardy stuff was epic epic and then tj and and there's many others yeah but kiesa i mean it still keeps growing and growing and growing and you know that's one thing that i i know it's not about you but you have to understand every fighter that is you know uh, coming up the ranks and wants to become a ufc champion that bruce buffer introduction is a bucket list item for them and you know some of those athletes are a bit of like like carla esparza uh, is just very in her zone. I, I don't even know if she hears you. You know what I mean? But there are other athletes that are so, like, feeding off your energy, and it just sets it sets the table so well. It was like Carolina last Saturday night. You know, I'm sorry she lost. You know, she's such a fine fighter. and, and, and very Great cool. story, though, for Jessica Petty. Great story. Oh, my God, and she did a great job. Great job. Yeah. But, you know, Carolina's just casually sitting there. Carolina's idea of getting excited is to look at me and smile at me. Right. That's her way of like I'm pumping her up, you know. Right. Fighters come in all different shapes, sizes, modes, you know, genders, the whole bit. It's just it's forever entertaining for me. I'm a kid in a candy store, and that's why I love Kiesa type introductions. I just love a night like that. But but it carries through the television, Bruce, and that's something that you know, as a, as a fight fan at home who's watched a lot of fights, I just want to feel the energy, right? Like that's why we're watching. That's why we're we're interested. And uh, when it comes through the way it did last Saturday night, it's uh, it's a much more full bodied experience than you know just watching a, a typical fight night. Thank you, TJ. I really appreciate that. You know, and Texas fans are such rabid fans themselves. The energy that they brought forth—it's a pleasure. I mean, it's a pleasure appearing in. It's a pleasure appearing everywhere. These right. days, when I have an audience, when yeah, I have an audience, I cherish those moments. I might be a little paranoid and freaked out about COVID, as I should. You know, with this variant going crazy, as but you're you're not thinking about that when you're inside the octagon no, and feeding off their energy. I, I wear the mask in the octagon. I take it off and I do. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, uh, like I said, Bruce, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been it's been a tough year, uh, obviously, year and a half now, all, more than that, almost. And uh, when we get things that make 
you feel something like that. That's the hardest thing about COVID being stuck inside and, and being in front of a screen, oh, you know, 24 hours uh, a day. It feels like uh, I just want to feel and uh, you make me feel. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it very, very much. Your words make my day. Um, speaking of the uh, COVID situation here, children now where, you know, they weren't getting affected, this variant, they now make up 15% of the cases. In yeah. Uh, my son started school today. Uh, he's at home. It's independent study, which we're denying him a classroom experience, which I feel bad about. But uh, my, yeah. are, my boys are going back to school. Uh, you can you can choose essentially so uh with we're in the la county uh school district and um we were able to to enroll him in an online thing which my wife and i went back and forth about we're not super uh excited about denying him that social experience because you and i've talked in the show it's a it's vital to a young man's growth but that said uh he's not vaccinated because he can't be he's too young um until there's a vaccination we just don't want him to to go out and be exposed to anything he doesn't have to be Gotcha. Well, California, um, is it going to have a mandate for teachers that they have to be vaccinated? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know a lot of people are upset about that, but you realize kids have to be vaccinated to go to school too, right? Like you have to have a vaccine record and I I don't know. People seem to get upset about the idea of having to prove you're vaccinated. Like it's something new. It's not new. You have vaccines to go to certain countries. Listen, the news stories that are out there, and I don't want to hear about fake news, real news, all that. And like Boss said, everybody has an opinion. Even my neighbor sent me a uh, thing from Alaska where they've gotten past the mandate, no mask, no vaccine, you know, demands, no nothing. She's like, share this with everybody. And I go, you know what? Just don't send me any more of this. That's not who right. I am. Yeah. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. And if our listeners and, and viewers, you know, disagree with me, I'm sorry about that, but that's where we are all entitled to our opinion. Oh. But I think the news stories here are showing unless we all get vaccinated, this is going to continue. Yeah, it's 80, 80%, they say, like, I think we need a vaccination rate of, of 80% or higher. A vaccination of 80% or higher rate in order to deal with this thing. If we do not, just like the Delta variant that came out, which is more transmissible, now there's a new one and nobody knows, has heard about this. Show. Right. Dr. Jeff, our COVID doctor for the show, yep. a new one called Panga that's coming out that is even more transmissible than Delta. And the problem yeah. is, is that the vaccines, just like an antibiotic you take at times, doesn't work anymore. Right. We're still guinea pigs on a daily basis. We don't know if the vaccines are lifelong. We don't know if it's five to seven no. months. We don't know if you get COVID at the end. We're all going through it together. We're all going through it together. Right. So let's try and take care of this. But anyway. All I can tell everybody out there listening and watching is just stay safe, practice your safety and protocol. Yeah. Um, and then think about other people aside from yourself. That's well, it. I'm just, one of the few masked people in Houston. I wore my mask. I was one of the very few that did. Well, none of us want to be going through it. I think that's the thing that's sort of lost. Like none of us want to do the things that we're being asked to do. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't. But I do because that's what I'm supposed to do. And pe- people are going to be upset about that. Fine. But like it's like we're going somewhere we don't want to go. Like we're in a long car ride and it's a terrible car ride. Let's get through it together without like hating each other. You know, if we talk and, you know, have productive conversation throughout, then the car ride's not going to be so bad. But if we're yelling at each other, it's just going to make it a hundred times worse. Can't we all get along? Uh, I mean, can't we all get along? We're supposed to, but uh, no, the answer is no. I know. Thank you to certain. What's your favorite color, Bruce? Blue. Okay. Well, mine's red. Yours should be red too. <laughs> All right, keep trying that. I, I right. almost forgot about Boss talking about it for a second. No. A couple of the news stories around. Um, oh, by the way, the Southwest Airlines, the variants now hurting their business. They're having issues. 
and I looked at the red states, the hot, the, you know, the, the map, just from July of this yeah. month, last month to now. You talk about red, mm. right? It's all red. Yeah. It was all red a month ago. This, it, anyway. Yeah, no, I uh, I get the app uh, Citizen on my phone, which Gary Randall actually suggested yeah, yeah. like a year ago on the phone, and I get that daily report. And yeah, the the that line graph is going up. It's going up. It's going up. So I don't know. Hopefully, it goes down soon. Well, I, yeah, I hope that the old adage of what goes up must come down works on this one more than anything. So we'll yeah, go. yeah, knock on wood. So Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo is no longer Governor Cuomo. He's stepping aside in the uh, wake of all the investigations. It took long enough. He's resigning. I mean, it's probably the uh, like people said to save his career or save his face if there is such a thing. Uh, I mean, he's face the civil suits and he's still going to be in the news. And it's just so funny. Like Sammy said last week, a year ago, we're here pro- promoting and purporting him on the show. Yeah. You know, and now all of a sudden the, how the how the fall from grace. happens. Right. Which some will say because he was, you know, becoming a, a man of such prominence that maybe he became a, more of a target because of that. Um, I don't necessarily buy that, but the the bottom line is, you know, we, we've talked about this all the time. He, he released a video, Cuomo, you know, showing him, you know, hugging and kissing uh, people, men and women, you know, saying this is how I embrace people. And it's like, that's great. That's true fine you embrace people that way but the allegations that are thrown your way is not about these casual interactions so i don't i don't know what these casual interactions that you're highlighting really says about any of the more you know grotesque nefarious type of accusations that have been thrown his way yeah groping and little hugging is there's a big difference yeah big difference but again the proof will come out in the pudding we'll see what happens you know this crypto situation uh not situation crypto is crazy the markets are good i i didn't invest in crypto. I went ahead and made a little investment a couple of weeks ago. It's already gone up 50%. You know, caught one of those upswings. Yeah. But to show you how, it, I wonder about this too, because hackers, hackers, uh huh, just stole 600 million in cryptocurrency right. from a decentralized finance platform called Poly Network. So, how safe are these networks in which we're buying the crypto? I'm, yeah. It, it, it's, I'm not saying don't do it. I know it's a big investment. It's volatile and it's risky. It's volatile. It's risky. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason that it's not insured by the federal government. You know what I mean? So just know that. But a lot of, a lot more people are taking it. You know, we'll see what's up. Although I don't mind making a little money in it, but I still think it's just as volatile as can be. Yeah. So a comic book came out, um, you know, in the modern day era we're at. And uh, supposedly in the Batman and Robin comic book, mm-hmm. uh, the new comic book now that's come out has Robin coming out as bisexual. Okay. That's yeah, interesting. That's I mean, that's a different layer to the story. And that's something, too, that uh, comic books, they always have these reboots, right? And uh, they have to do things to change stories because you can't have the same story over and over again. And I think it's interesting to, well, it's interesting to have that uh, sort of um, evolution to it, you know, and, and be uh, motivated to sort of tell a story. Because no one's ever really thought of a, a story where uh, one of the heroes is, is uh, a bisexual person. So that, that's going to be inspiring to a whole new community in a different way. I, I, you know what? I think it's cool. Just like I think it's cool if people want to come out and say who they are. Don't hold it in. If, if Robin's been holding it in for the 81 years the Batman's right. been out, it's time for Robin to come out. So. Right. Yeah. Good for you, Robin. Good for you. Good for you. Don't hold it back. Don't hold it back. Um, let's see. Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Alex Trebek, they finally decided on the replacement host, not one, but two. Who? Uh, they are bringing in uh, uh, Mark Rich. And uh, let's see here we got. 
the first oh. one you said I got uh, got uh, bad internet connection there, so I didn't hear it. Yeah, Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik will be... Uh, Mia, Mia Bialik. She's, uh, she was Blossom on TV. Yeah. What does she play? Long time ago. Long time. We got a bad internet connection right now. A long time ago, she played Blossom on NBC, and then she was also on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's right. That's where I recognize her from. Yep. Okay, very cool. Very cool. She's, uh, she's, she's an incredibly intelligent, which I think you need to be to, to be the host of Jeopardy, but she's also uh, personable. Like, again, like I recognize her from Blossom when I was a kid, so we're going back to the, the early 90s, so uh, that, that's a good pick. I'm trying to see the other one. It's a man, but I don't see his name. Um, I'll try to use the Google machine here. I'll tell you, if there was one TV show that I would have loved to have been able to host, uh, that would have been it. Uh, you wouldn't have been able to accommodate that with your schedule. Well, you know, they film five in a day or two days and film 10 shows a week. I mean, it could have been done. It'd just be a lot of work. But Mike Richards. Who is Mike, Mike Richards? I don't know who that is. Uh, Mike Richards was actually uh, executive producer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess Did he do a guest uh, appearance during all the guest stuff or no? I'm not sure. I haven't been watching. But you know what? More power to him. It's like this show, Jeopardy, will go on forever. It should. I think it's great. It's good, too good choice. She's very likable. Oh, yeah. No, um, me and Bialik is uh, awesome. Very, very likable. Okay, last little collector's news here is uh, Mattel. Let's see. Oh, they had a one-time Barbie penthouse. It's an L.A. penthouse that was owned by the founders of Mattel, the makers of Barbie. Okay. It's all Barbied out. Um, anyway, they're just selling it for $10 million. You know, just... Little What's uh? I mean, I wonder what general property value is and how much the markup is because of the nostalgic sort of thing. The three-bedroom, three-bath condo in the Century Towers, which is in Century City, and I know the building. Um, they they bought this place in 2012 for two million. So I don't know. Uh, well, that's big. It's probably inflated. It's probably inflated because of the collector value. Yeah, it's probably a couple million, right? So probably average market maybe seven. I'm guessing. I'm not yeah. a realtor. I don't know. I mean, either. I mean, I'm just. Yeah, I'm a renter. I'm a renter whose landlord keeps calling him because I had to uh, have him come out because my sprinklers went on last night, and then they didn't shut off. They're still going right now. Nice. nice. Yeah. Use Some, that water that's so needed in California. I know. And uh, we tried to have, like, an emergency shutoff, and we couldn't find uh, a shutoff to the uh, irrigation system, so we actually have to have the main shut off, and then they need to reinstall a sprinkler so fine. your water bill tj i'm sure you'll really appreciate it when it comes in yeah no i'm gonna try to pass that along to somebody else because uh yeah it's gonna be expensive. good luck with that one tj if you ever dealt with utilities trying to make that kind of thing happen you'll be on the phone well i mean i'll just take it out of my rent you know oh there you go that's perfect that's perfect that shouldn't piss anybody off no <laughs> all right no ufc this weekend ufc be back in action on the 21st i will not be announcing on the 21st i'll be back at the ufc apex on the 28th yep uh, I'm going to enjoy a couple of weeks. Not off. I got plenty of work to do. Um, it's Time Energy is releasing in the UK this month. We'll make that announcement. And uh, I already told you about Puncher's Chance in Canada. I want to tell everybody thank you for watching the show, which is sponsored by Puncher's Chance and by FanDuel Sportsbook, the place to go for fantasy sports and also for betting online for sports. So before I sign off, TJ, go ahead and let us know what's up.
Uh, you check out Fight Pass's uh, original series called Extra Rounds. It's uh, myself, Dean Thomas, uh, Ray Longo, Pearl Gonzalez. Without fights this week, we are still doing a show uh, coming up on Thursday live at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific. What we're doing is uh, in celebration of UFC 264 becoming available on Fight Pass for users for free. You can watch that third fight between uh, Dustin Poirier and, and Conor McGregor. We're taking a look at some of the luminaries from that card and looking at their uh, past performances. Uh, so we're kind of digging into the archive little bit grabbing some other stuff that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with 264 either and Ray Longo and uh, Dean Thomas are going to break it down so it's always fun to hear the coaches uh, talk about uh, fights from a technical standpoint so it's sort of a different uh, look than what we normally do on extra rounds but it should be fun just nice to see how your show is taking legs and growing 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 and I have a funny feeling I'm going to be seeing you by the octagon more as maybe maybe we'll see we'll see I think next year I should be out a lot more so uh, hopefully that is the case I'll put in my two cents where I can. I know who you deal with at UFC. I appreciate that, Buff. Thank you. No problem. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for watching. Pleasure to have the man himself, El Guapo. The, I used to call him the second most handsome man in MMA, or I call myself the second most handsome man in MMA, but Boss and I used to kid each other like crazy about that. Yeah. I mean, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. And what did I always tell you? In a street fight? Oh, that's the number one guy. Right here. Boss. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. Chuck, right over here. Right. Okay. And you're going to go undefeated. You might not even have to do anything, Buff. You might be able to just sit back and let them take care of it. But I, if I know you, you'll probably go out there and get some of that kickboxing in yourself. If you're going to join the party, party in the party. That's right. Go big or go home, right? That's it. That's it. That's it. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest. I wish you all a wonderful week. Please stay safe. Follow your practice of safety protocol in this COVID pandemic world in which we live. But live life. Be happy and enjoy your life. Set your goals, write them down, learn about them, be the best you can be when you step on the path to achieve your goals. Because if you are, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on this time radio is winning. Go to Cameo, get your cameos from Boss Rudin, get your cameos from TJ DeSantis. And I am flooded with them and I'm loving every minute I've enjoying filming them for you. So thank you very much. Again, proceeds partial are going to charities for animal, military, uh, and children charities. So with that being said, Happy, happy week, everybody. See you next week. Buffer out. Cheers. Cheers.